Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, here we are, midweek, midweek. Um, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about. Um, the first thing on the docket is, uh, is going to be Biden again, Biden, because you know what? And I've talked about this many times. The one thing that bothers me the most coming from anybody, any person, any party, whatever it may be, uh, is hypocrisy. It really is. And the thing is, if you know, it's like people in class in, in glass houses can't throw stones, right? Or shouldn't throw stones. Like, if you know that there's a possibility of you doing something or something happening to yourself or someone in your own circle or party or circle of friends, don't criticize someone else for it, right? And that's what happens all the time. It's like it's like these people, these politicians, just don't either believe that even though they're doing the same thing they criticize, they don't believe it's going to be discovered or they can believe they can get away with it or they can excuse it away. So case in point is this classified document, Michigas, that's going on, right? And we know that in Palm Beach, in Mar-a-Lago, uh, August 8th of last year, uh, Mar-a-Lago was invaded. It was invaded. It was raided and invaded by feds who found about 300 documents that they claimed to be classified. Now, remember, Donald Trump had these documents when he was president, and the president can easily declassify documents. The president has the power to declassify documents. No one else does, including the vice president. The vice president can't declassify documents. Only the president can declassify documents. And, of course, there was talk going on that, you know, this happens to all presidents. They all, for some reason, no one can really figure it out. No one's really figured this out, why presidents take these things home with them or put them on computer files and bring it home with them after they're in office. So while they're in office, they bring it to their home residence. No one really understands this. It could be like keepsake. Is it like, you know, who, who knows what it is? Is it souvenirs? I don't know. But they all do it. So... You know, if you really wanted to stop that from happening, if you wanted to stop presidents from taking papers from the White House to their private residence or after they're in office, taking them home, just make that illegal, period. Right. A president can't take anything out of the White House. So why don't they just make a fucking law that says the president can't take anything out of the White House? Pure and simple. Case closed. But they don't do that, you see. So since that's not a law, they can easily do that law. Especially now, I would think, but they don't do that. So it's not a law. And presidents over time have done this. Every single president, if you talk to presidential historians, have done this. But with Trump, of course, they made it a federal case, literally a federal case. And while they're in negotiations as to what needs to be handed over and what doesn't need to be handed over, the FBI raids it because Biden told uh, Merrick Garland to do this. We know that. So. That's what happened. So it was raided. He was raided. Okay. So fast forward to now. Well, for not don't, really don't fast forward. About a month after that, Joe Biden was asked on national television about this, and he said, "I can't. I can't think of anything worse. Like it's horrible. I can't think of why someone would do that." And two months later, we find out he did it. That a couple of days ago, ten documents were found 
at the Biden Center. Now, I think this is a difference also. We'll get into the, 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 the documents that were also found today. Uh, after Joe Biden's administration said there were no more than those original 10, there wouldn't be. It was a small amount. They kept on using the word small, small amount, small amount, and saying that's it. There won't be any more. Anything else is just rumor and uh, gossip and uh, and right-wing conspiracy. And, of course, the, day, the next day they find more in a different location, by the way. So with Donald Trump, they were all found in one location, Mar-a-Lago, not a public space, a private space. A private space, not a public space where millions of people come in and out on a yearly basis, right? A private space, his home. The Biden documents were found at a public space. That Biden Center is a public space. People come and go in that building all the time, in and out, public people, regular people. So many more people could have seen those documents possibly could have been exposed to many more people than the documents at, at, at Trump's residence. They could only have been exposed to people who live at the residence. So those two are, are two very big differences. The other big difference is that Trump had the ability to declassify documents. There's talk whether he could do it with his mind or with a, 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 a signature or whatever it may be. He had the ability, he had the power to declassify documents. Biden, who was caught with documents, does not have the ability. So those documents were totally classified. They were never declassified because he can't declassify them. Only the president can. Remember, this is when he was vice president. So that's also a big difference. See, the left wants to make you believe the Trump thing is a is a is a he should, belongs in prison for life for it. And the Biden thing is just, oh, a little mistake. Oh, it happens. No, no. But the Biden thing, if you want to if you want to compare and contrast, I'd say the Biden issue is worse. Worse. Can't declassify public space. And now it gets even worse to different places. At least with Trump, it was all found in one place. It's not like they found others in another place. So now they found this. I'll read the Wall Street Journal article in a second. But they found it in another place now. More documents. If they told us this was it, this was a isolated thing, 10 documents in his old office, no more, shut up, Republicans, you're being ridiculous. They find more than the very next day, the very next day. Now, another big difference is that Donald Trump was out of office for almost, what, two years when they found those documents? There was no election that, that was going to uh, when they found these in August of last year, there was no Biden. There was no election that would have had to do with Trump. That had Trump on the ballot, and it was what August, September, October, November. So three months before the midterms, and this all comes out right. The Biden documents, the original thirty, the, the original ten, they found. They actually found them a few days, like four days, November fourth, four days before a very important midterm election. His staff found them four days before and did not say anything. Okay. We didn't know about this right away. Of course, they'll say that was a coincidence or there wasn't enough time to talk about it, to get out. It was only four days. So they, no, of course they didn't release the information because they know this happening four days before the election, these documents being found, especially after this guy and his party criticizes Trump and says Trump deserves to go to jail for it. These documents being found four days before the midterm elections could have hurt the Democrats, could have hurt Biden and his party. And so they hid it until now. Just like the laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop, the legacy media didn't cover it 
until after the uh, the 2020 election. They hid it because they didn't want it to adversely affect Biden. So we're seeing how this particular document find discovery is worse in so many ways than the Trump issue. Can't declassify them, two different places, public places, and election, possible election interference or fraud or fixing an election because you would not, this information was kept quiet until after the election. So we're seeing this in so many different ways. It's, it's worse. It's much worse. It's not, it's not, it's, I don't think it's even comparable. Now, if you wanted to make the point, which I did a couple of days ago, that all presidents do this, and it's not really a big deal, then the Democrats should have said that back in August. But they didn't, you see. They knew all presidents did this. They knew up until Trump it wasn't a big deal. And then they made it a big deal. So it became a big deal. So now it's a big deal with Biden, too. My personal opinion is the whole thing is bullshit. Who cares? Who cares? It's not like either Trump or Biden are like, you know, are rubbing their fingers on these documents going, ha ha, ha look what I got now. I'm going to rule the world. I'm going to start a nuclear war. It's so fucking stupid. Who cares? But the Democrats made people care. They made people care once again they made an issue, a non-issue an issue because of Trump derangement syndrome, because of TDS. So now because of their sickness, because of their mental illness, Trump derangement syndrome, now they have to deal with this. And I'm making the case that it's worse than Trump. I think I'm making a pretty good case that it's worse than Donald Trump. And wait a minute. This is the second document find we've seen in two, three days. How you know not going to be five or six more in five or six different places? Maybe Joe just littered them all over the place. But understand this. The reason why I'm making a big deal of this now, the reason why I'm saying it's worse than Trump, and if you prosecute Trump and if you raid Trump, you've got to prosecute and raid Biden, is because the Democrats and Joe fucking Biden made a big deal of this in August of last year. Because it was Trump. They didn't make a big deal about it when it was Reagan doing it. They didn't make a big deal when it was Carter doing it. They didn't make a big deal when it was Bush Sr. or W. doing it or Obama doing it. But they made a big deal when Trump did it. They made it an issue, a federal issue, obviously, literally a federal issue, a crime. Because Trump did it. And believe me. Even though it was a few months before the election, they did it in August and they kept on talking about it because they wanted it to affect the election. But when Biden's documents are found just four fucking days before the election, they hide it until the election's over in January. They, they finally tell us about this. This is much more nefarious. Much more nefarious. And remember, once again, while you can possibly make the case that those Trump documents were declassified because he can declassify them. Joe Biden had no power to declassify his documents. Zero power to declassify his documents. Zero. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Biden aide discovers additional classified documents at a second location. White House has declined to answer why public wasn't informed earlier 
about material found in November. I wonder why. I wonder why. Why? President Biden's aides have found additional classified documents in a second location beyond those discovered at a Washington office Mr. Biden used after his vice presidency, a person familiar with the issue said. It couldn't immediately be determined where or when the additional documents were found. The White House didn't respond to requests for comment about the second batch of records, which was reported earlier by NBC News. A Justice Department spokesman declined to comment. So, oh, by the way, and what you might notice now, of course, I didn't realize this. This is, uh, let's see if I can go back. Let's see if I can find this article. Oh, you damn Wall Street Journal with your payroll. How many How many different subscriptions do you have to have in order to read anything these days? How many different subscriptions do you have to have? Seriously. That's the shit condition that these legacy media outlets, these newspapers are in, the Times, the Wall Street Journal. They have to friggin, they have to, they have to actually like uh, force you now to subscribe, to read. All their articles, but you need like 25. It's like with uh, streaming services. You need like 45 different subscriptions in order to read fucking articles. Which is why I'll go to my handy Fox News. And people say, why do you you read Fox News? Well, because they don't make me pay for it. That's why. This is ridiculous. This is why these, these, you know, these print newspapers are dying. They're dying. It's almost like to blackmail you now into, into getting their ridiculous – you know, then they do these things like sales, like, okay, well, a dollar per week. And then you don't realize it. You know, it's like three weeks, and then after that, it's $25 a week. And all of a sudden, your, your credit card gets charged $25. Okay, hold on a second. Let me see if I can find – but anyway, this is uh, – here, here. President Mokdoff and Lou discovered second batch of documents. This is on, this is on Fox News. Um. Yeah, so now we don't know the number. I don't see any number of documents now. So I'm not sure how many they found now in the second batch. But remember, they just said yesterday there would be no more. It says, I do know right now we have 10 documents and counting. He's, we could have more classified documents out there than Donald Trump had in Mar-a-Lago. It's possible, like I said, there'll be more in different locations. This is like an Easter egg hunt. You have to find the classif- find the classified documents. Um, but the fact of the matter is that this is a this is the the Democrats have put themselves and the and the Democrat run legacy media have put themselves in the position now where this becomes an issue and they become hypocrites if they had just shut their fucking mouths and not gone after Trump. Back in August, just like they never went after any president that came before him that had classified documents or hung on to them for years or took a long time to get them back, then this would never this wouldn't be an issue now. We wouldn't even be talking about it. But they made it an issue. So now they reap what they sow. They're getting a taste of their own poison. How many more sayings, slogans can I come up with? But it's their fault. It's their fault. I have another one. They made their bed. Now they have to sleep in it. Uh, Whatever you want to say. I mean, they did this to themselves. By making this a fucking issue last summer. 
And so many people, when this happened in August, said, this is a non-issue. All presidents do this. And what did they say? What did they say? They said, no, no, this is different. This is different. So different. And they came up with a, they twisted themselves into pretzels, you know, as they usually do. The Democrats and the libs and legacy media, they twist themselves into pretzels to figure out why it's different. When, Like I said, there is a difference. The one difference is his name was Trump. That was the difference. The guy's name was Trump. Carter, Reagan, FDR, LBJ, Kennedy, Obama, doesn't matter. The guy's name was Trump, and so it became an issue. Now they can go F themselves. And I hope they find another 27 batches. And this old fool, this old demented fool creep continues to get embarrassed. And his hypocrisy shoved down his throat. Because he deserves it. He himself goes on TV after the Mar-a-Lago raid and says, oh, oh, and he feigns such drama. I've never seen, oh, I've never seen something like this. Jack, 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 Malarkey, Jack, Jack. Fucking idiot. Once again, this would not be an issue. No one would be talking about this if the Democrats and the legacy media didn't make this an issue and go over the top with it. Not just make it an issue, but show the documents, show the photo, go have raid in the middle of the night. Oh, outside with military weapons. Thank God this garland fool, this, this, this fucking little skeevy weasel, yes man for the president, never became a Supreme Court justice. And back then, back then... I was upset at what McConnell did. I was upset. I thought it was wrong. Oh, I'm so glad it happened. Because as bad as, you know, some of them are, Jackson and Sotomayor and those people, thank God this, this corrupt old fool isn't on the Supreme Court. Remember, that this is not a lifetime position he has now. That would have been a lifetime position. Thank goodness. I guess that's one good thing McConnell's done. Oh, boy. So we'll see how many more. And I'm going to cover every one of them. Every one of them I'm going to shove down their throats. Every single one of them. And it's their own fault for making this an issue with, with, uh, with Trump. Once again, don't make it an issue if you know it can happen to you. Okay? And this is how arrogant they are. They know every president does this, right? So, yeah, they might be surprised now that halfway through his term, these documents are being uncovered from when he was vice president. They probably didn't expect that. But there's no doubt that once he left office, Biden document, they would, they, they would have the same issue. But they're so arrogant. They don't care. It's, it, but it's more than just arrogance. Like I said, it's an illness. It's Trump derangement syndrome, mental illness. That causes them to do things they wouldn't normally do if it was a president of a different name. They wouldn't normally do it. Even any other – forget about Democrats. Of course they wouldn't do it. But any other Republican president, I'm sure W had these documents. I'm sure Bush Sr. had these documents. I'm sure they all had these documents. But they never made an issue of this until Trump did it. They never made an issue of it until Trump. And unlike Biden, another another difference. 
is that Trump and his people and his lawyers were actually cooperating. They were cooperating. Remember that line from Fargo? I'm cooperating here, William H. Macy. But they were really cooperating. And they were working. And in the middle of working with the Justice Department, they get raided. For political reasons. We know for purely political reasons. Purely political reasons. And they said Trump was the one who thought the attorney general worked for him and was at his beck and call. Now, it's this guy, Biden, obviously. So that's that issue. I'm sure there'll be more. I'm waiting. This will be just like the Twitter. We'll do this just like the Twitter files where there's like file eight, nine. We'll have to do Biden dump, classified file dump. One, two, three, four, five. And we'll see how many they are. there are. And also, it seems as though the issues dealing, the, the classified documents themselves, the issues seem to be much more important and top secret than the, what, we've, what we've heard from the Trump files, right? We're seeing stuff with Yemen. We're seeing stuff with the Ukraine. We're seeing very top secret stuff that is very dangerous if someone who in the general public sees it and they shouldn't. And remember that Biden Center was a public building. Unlike Mar-a-Lago, which was a private residence. So let's play the game of odds. The odds are that a public building, there's much more chance that's going to fall into the wrong hands than a private residence, correct? I could walk into that center. I can't walk into Mar-a-Lago, unfortunately. I don't have an open invite yet. So don't let this, the legacy media tell you that the Trump thing is a disastrous event. And this is nothing. This is a big nothing ball. Nothing to see here. Because if anything, it's just the opposite. And like I said, they simply brought it on themselves. And they deserve this. Revenge is best served on a cold plate. All right. So... I've seen this video before. This is only like 26 seconds. This has been going, this has actually been going around for a while. This is Gavin Newsom, I think about 10 years ago. No, more than that. This is Gavin Newsom 15 years ago in 2008. I believe when he was um, mayor of San Francisco talking about how he was going to, and oh, this is what it was. In 2008, when he was mayor of San Francisco, he did a video presentation talking about how he was going to end homelessness in 10 years. So 2018. So Gavin Newsom said in 2008, by 2018, he was going to end homelessness. It's now 2023. So this is Gavin Newsom in 2008. We believe fundamentally that food solves hunger, that shelters solve sleep, and that housing solves homelessness. And if we're going to solve the problem uh, of those that are out on the streets that we define as homeless, we better solve the housing problem if we're going to have an impact. And that's why we established this framework, what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homelessness in San Francisco. Hey, a 10-year plan to end chronic homelessness. And you know what that sounds like? 15 days to flatten the curve. A 10-year plan to end homelessness is like 15 days to flatten the curve. How did that plan go, Hair Gel King? How did that one go? This shows how ineffectual and what a loser Gavin Newsom truly is. 
The only thing that stayed consistent there is that, well, the, well, the consistency is his idiocy and his hair gel. The hair gel from 2008 looks exactly the same as the hair gel. I guess the hair gel products haven't improved in the last 15 years. It looks exactly the same. But there you go. This, this is once again lying Democrats. They lie to you. They lie to you. Look at, look at what the Republicans – look, and I'm not saying the Republicans always keep their word. Look, I'm not naive. They've lied many times in the past. But look at what they just did. What have you done for me lately, right? They said the first thing they were going to do is, is um, defund those uh, IRS workers, right? And they did. The first thing they did. The first thing they did. They said they do it and they, and they did it. And they keep on doing things they said to change house rules. They've done that. They're going to do these hearings. They're starting that. So, so far, so good. And I think it's a shock because politicians usually don't keep their words. But look at this guy. Look at this guy in 2008 saying by 2018, we're going to end homelessness. Now, they always do this. This is like 15 days to flatten the curve, right? They always do this. They lie just to get what they want at that moment, knowing it's a lie. He knew he wasn't going to end homelessness by 2018. He knew that wasn't going to happen. Now, not only did he not end homelessness in his time as mayor in those 10 years, it exploded so much worse in 2018 than it was in 2008 and worse now than it was in 2018. So it's quite the opposite of what he said. He should have said, I'm going to make homelessness explode in San Francisco in 10 years. Then he would have kept his word because that's what happened. And then they come out in March 15th of 2020 and they say 15 days to flatten the curve. This same, the same hair gel king scumbag that he is, this shallow individual of no morals and ethics or brains says it's a moment in time. That's what he said. He said 50 days to flatten the curve. Then he had these these made up slogans like we're all in this together, or the greater good. We know the made up mantra psychops slogans they kept on bashing into everybody's heads. Right. And then he said it's a moment, in, just a moment in time, a moment in time. He didn't say it was going to be a moment of 22,000 days. He said 15 days to flatten the curve. It's a moment in time. That's what he said, meaning it'll be over before you know it. He lied about that, too. They knew they were lying. They knew they were lying. But they say whatever they have to to get out of the room alive at that moment. And that's what he does and what all these other scumbag politicians do. They say whatever they have to at that moment just so they can get out of the room alive and go to dinner at the French Laundry. And so he lied in 2008. And the reason why he lied, he was wrong is because this, this housing thing is bullshit. That's not what the homeless need. It's not. Many of them, if you talk to them, don't want a house. Go fuck off. I don't want a place to live. I like the streets. I like my freedom. Because when they go into housing here in San Francisco, it's this ridiculous. It's like, it's like being in jail. The SROs are smaller than jail cells. They're filled with roaches and rats. They're shitholes. You can't leave after a certain hour. You can't have company after a certain hour. If you want, if you want, you're an adult now. No, these aren't children. These are adults. If you want a friend to come over, you got to sign in, show your ID. Who want, they don't want to live like that. They're free on the streets. Maybe in the SRO, especially during COVID, they got to wear masks. On the streets, they didn't. Who knows? I don't even know the ins and outs. Maybe they made them get vaccines in order to get housing over the last two and a half years. On the streets, they didn't have to get the vaccine. So this is not this is not the answer. Many of them are too mentally out of it to even have a house. We've talked about this. It's more dangerous for them to have a house with a stove that can burn down. Although maybe we don't have gas anymore. We can talk about that in a minute too. Another brilliant idea from the left. But that's not the answer. The answer is mental health. 
drug addiction, health, drug addiction rehab, forcing them, forcing them into mental health facilities and drug addiction facilities, then getting clean and staying in them and learning how to take care of themselves again. That is the basis for ending homelessness. But you didn't hear any of that. All you heard is, we have to give them homes. We're going to build homes because that's the bleeding heart left virtue signaling. When you say tough things like they're drug addicts and they're crazy sick in the head and we have to take care of that, you can't say that. That's not, that's unwoke, baby. That's unwoke. And saying we're going to force them into these centers. Whoa, forget about that. The left will never go for that. Never. Look, the left went crazy when that, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, and I'm, I'm sure many of you have seen it since then, sprayed water into that person's, that woman's chest for five seconds. They went crazy. Imagine saying, okay, we have a new plan. We're going to round up all people who we deem to be sick in the head and have drug addiction, put them into rehab centers. And then the, remember the, imagine the liberals. Look, so that guy was spraying that water on that person for five fucking seconds in 60 degree weather. And it was all over the place. The liberals got their phones out and took videos. Imagine, imagine if we had people going around, whether they're police or social workers, rounding up and forcing homeless people into like cars. Imagine those videos. Imagine what lefties would be saying about that. How dare they force these harp, these poor people into medical centers and health? They would never go for it. Those are the real answers to ending homelessness. Those are the real answers. And when they come out of those centers, they'll be better off. And maybe you can even set them up with jobs like like is done for like ex-cons, right? There are people who will accept ex-cons, often ex-cons who have businesses will also accept, ex accept ex-cons to come in and work for them. They set them up with a job and they get back on their feet again. You can do the same thing after you cure the mental illness and the drug problem. After. And then people can get real jobs, make real money, and get real housing, not these SROs they put them in and, and treat them like jailbirds. It's simple. Com once again, uncommon sense. When you have the freedom to roam wherever you want, you don't want to be told you must stay here. You can't have visitors. You can't see friends after a certain hour. You can't go out after a certain hour. If you go out after a certain hour, you can't come back till the next day, which means you're homeless anyway that night. It's ridiculous. This is not the answer. But he knew it wasn't the answer, but he can fool liberals. It's so easy. You know how many back in 2008, how many fucking liberals in San Francisco are watching this and saying, ah, look at this young, good looking guy. He's going to end homelessness in 10 years. He's the guy. Let's give him 80 percent of the vote. Well, the first time he didn't get 80 percent of the vote, he barely won. The second time, a different story. Because homelessness has gotten worse in his first four years. And then they gave him a bigger victory. Because people are so easy to fool here. They're so easy. Just just, just play to their bleeding heart, woke virtue signaling. And, that, and you'll win all the time. You'll win all the time. So this king of hair gel, this hair gel king scumbag, comes out, what, about a week ago when he's uh, sworn in again? As they gave him another uh, resounding, the California is in the worst shape. Think about it. crime everywhere, shit and piss on the streets, 
homelessness everywhere, impossible to get a job, impossible to support yourself if you have a job, and they give them what? Another 65% of the vote? Because these people are morons. They're, they're just morons here. There's no other way to put it. And people want me to run for office here. That's, that's so funny. They tell me to run for office. I can't. I hate these people. Well, I, 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 you hate your constituents? Who's ever heard of that? I can't stand these people here. They're stupid. They're idiots. They're morons. So they vote him in again, and he gives a speech. He gives a speech that only he could give to his morons, which is California is the state of freedom. California is the real state of freedom. Now, you know, when he was writing that, he was probably laughing as he was writing it, laughing and saying, I can't believe I get away with this. I can't believe I get away with this. But I might as well, because I certainly get away with it here. California is the state of freedom, he's saying. What freedom? What, I don't know, what freedom? The freedom to fuck and abort? Fuck as freely as you want and abort as many times as you want. Is that, is that freedom? He's probably right. You are free to fuck and abort here. No doubt about it. I don't know if most people in this country would consider that freedom. But okay, I'll give him that. Free to fuck and abort. Absolutely, no doubt about it. What else is free? Free to come here if you're from Mexico and spread fentanyl poison? Absolutely. There's no doubt California is an open free state where you can come from other countries and kill children with fentanyl. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. That, if, if that's Gavin Newsom's idea of freedom, he's right. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. The freedom to virtue signal all you want, please. Absolutely. We are totally free to virtue signal here as much as we want and pat ourselves on the back and get other liberals to pat us. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. There's no, to be woke and virtue signaling here, absolutely total freedom. There's no restrictions on wokeness and virtue signaling in this state. So he's right again. I don't think those were the freedoms he was talking about. So what freedoms was he talking about? What was he talking oh, Maybe free. You know what? There's another freedom. Freedom to have as many uh, genders you want to be and have as many pronouns you want. Once again, I think most of the country wouldn't think that's real freedom, the way the founding fathers wrote about it when they were like, you know, writing the Constitution. I don't think they were talking about being able to call yourself he, she, they, zed, zim, zig, zig, vug, zig, vug. I don't think that's what they were talking about. But if that's his idea of freedom, very free here in California. But let's talk about real freedoms. How about real freedoms? How about freedom for medical privacy so that someone can't ask you if you've had, let's say, a vaccination? or a vasectomy, or an ass cleaning, also known in some circles as a colonoscopy. Um, how about that? How about that freedom? Do we have that here? No, because your employer certainly can. If you say no, you're out, because Gavin Newsom supports that and made, made his own dictatorial laws around that, right? So there's definitely no freedom for medical privacy here. That's not... That's not, there's no freedom of medical privacy. There's no, you don't have medical privacy in California. What other freedoms might be, to, what, are you, what are we talking about? Freedom to keep your business open? No, not, if he says not, you can't. If he says you have to close your business, you have to. He said, Gavin Newsom said it was never legislated. Gavin Newsom said you must close your business. Only Gavin Newsom. There was no legislation and people had to close their business. So there's certainly not freedom to have a business here. How about freedom for your doctor? To freely tell you what they think about an issue, whether it's a disease or a treatment. No, no, not at all. 
There's a lawsuit going on right now, but that's because Gavin Newsom, and this one I think, this one I think was actually legislated here among the schmuck-faced Democrat liberals in the state legislature. And this was, yeah, it was Assembly Bill, right, was where your doctor, the government can tell your doctor what to say and what not to say. And if your doctor doesn't say what the government says he could say, he or she can say they can be fined or lose their license. So there's no freedom for your doctors to actually be your doctors here. The government's your doctor. Okay, so there you go more with medical freedom that we don't have here. So that's there's certainly no there's no freedom here for your doctor to speak freely and give you the advice he or she believes is best for your case. Can't do that here. Hopefully that'll be overturned in court. I believe it will. But not if Gavin Newsom had it his way. So there's no freedom here. There's no medical freedom. In, there's no medical freedom here, medical privacy or freedom for your doctor to give you the advice they want to give you as your physician. That's not allowed. The government gets in the way. So there's no freedom, but let's say any, any other freedoms that you can think of. How about freedom to walk around without a, 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 uh, a cloth mask on your face? Not if the government says, once again, never legislated, but if Gavin Newsom or an unelected health czar like Barbara Farrar, the walking dead, says you must wear a mask in these places, you must do it. No ifs, ands, or buts. We say, the dictators say. But if elected and unelected dictators say you must wear a mask, you got to wear a mask. So I, I, no freedom there to not wear a mask on your face if they say you must. The only way you the only way you have the freedom to not wear a mask like now is when they say you don't have to anymore. But if they come back tomorrow and say you got to, you have to. So there's no freedom there either. How about freedom to send your kid to school? No, for a year and a half you couldn't send your you couldn't send your kid to school here. We just talked about. I went and saw Jennifer say at the Liberty Center of Santa Clara yesterday, and she spoke about that, right? No, that she had to move to Denver so her kids could go to school. That's a double whammy. Kids weren't able to go to school, and when they were, they were forced to wear a mask. The only reason the kids can go to school here and not wear a mask is if Gavin Newsom says they can go to school and not wear a mask. So we have no freedom here. The freedoms here are given by Gavin Newsom, you see. Gavin Newsom gives us our freedoms here. Forget about God-given rights. Forget about constitutional-given rights. They don't matter. Gavin Newsom gives us our rights here. So there's no freedom to send your kids to school here. And there's no freedom to send your kids to school here without a mask. So that freedom doesn't exist here. So what fucking freedoms is this scumbag talking about? Maybe someone can tell me what real freedoms he's talking about. I don't know. I don't know. But I know he stood there. I know he stood there and said to millions of Californians during his inauguration last week that we are the California is the freest state. California is the state of freedom. But he could lie about that. He could simply lie about that just the way he lied in 2008 about ending homelessness by 2018. Just the way he lied in March of 2020, saying it's 15 days to flatten the curve, just a moment in time. He lies and he lies and he lies because he can get away with the lies. You know when he won't be able to get away with the lies? When he decides to run for president. But he said he's not going to run. And some people think he's lying about that. I'm not too sure. Because Gavin Newsom 
As much as that hair gel may have infected his brain cells, may have seeped through his skull and affected his brain cells, he understands that this does not play in a general presidential election. This shit don't play in Florida. This shit don't play in Ohio. This shit don't play in Iowa. This shit don't play in Michigan. This shit don't play in Arizona or Georgia. He knows that. He knows it only plays in these Democratic extreme left-wing strongholds like California and San Francisco. He knows that. It only plays in those parts. That he's smart enough to know. And unfortunately, the whole idea of a pivot isn't possible when we have things on tape, when we have video, when we have receipts. And as he continues to double down this stuff, knowing he will be no more ever than governor of California. I, I hope, I hope, I want there to be a primary between Joe Biden and and Gavin Newsom because they both suck and they both can't win again in two years. That's what I want. I want the two Democratic frontrunners to be Newsom and Biden. That's my, that's my political wet dream for 2024. I'm sure it's not going to happen. Neither of them will be the nominee. But it, it's a hope. It's a hope. But I, I really think Newsom, as, as dumb as he is, as, as ignorant as he is, as naive as he is, as, as arrogant as he is, I think he understands this, this act of his doesn't play outside of very, very few areas in the country. Well, you know, Mike thinks Biden will win again. I don't, I don't believe that at all. I don't. I don't believe Biden will win again. Uh, in fact, I think Biden would have zero shot against someone like Ron DeSantis. I think Ron DeSantis would clean the floor with Joe Biden. Because remember, as bad as things are now, as bad as his approval has been over the last year and a half, most economists think it's going to get worse. Those jobs that are being created are going away this year. The job market is going to crash. And by next year, will be an even worse recession. So you're going to see a, a – a, and, and the stock market. So you can, you can see a, a crash of a stock market, job market, and a recession going into the 2024 election. And Joe Biden ain't winning on that. There's no chance. There's no chance. <clears throat> so as bad as things are now, unfortunately, hate to be Debbie Downer, but things are going to get worse. Things are going to get worse. So – well, the, no, not really, Mike. I mean, you say blacks vote Democrat, and they do, but not as much as they used to. And, and black people aren't the majority in this country, <laughs> you know. So, uh, I mean, blacks and Latinos voted Democrat in uh, Florida until last November. Then they voted for Ron DeSantis. And we see blacks. I mean, D- Donald Trump both times got more black votes than most that any Republican did before him. And Latinos, you know, we know the Democrats are hemorrhaging Latinos, which is a much bigger voting bloc. Than African Americans, so and, and growing, so it's just you know, look, it doesn't matter, you know, Democrats are always going to have twenty five, thirty, thirty five, forty percent, but that's not enough to win most general elections. So I'm not really worried about, yeah, I'm not really worried about the black vote, or the Latino vote, or any block. I'm just more interested in getting a candidate who can appeal to all these different uh, voting blocks, which DeSantis just did two months ago. So, yeah. You know, but once again, 
Newsom's not running for president because he knows his act doesn't play and there's too much of his act on record. So that's not going to work. But it certainly keeps him in this role, right? It, it made him look, look, it made him what? Mayor twice, lieutenant governor twice, governor twice. So for him, it worked. You don't got to be president, right? After he's finished with governor, he could certainly win as senator from California if he wants to go into the Senate, right? There's no doubt about that. He probably wins Senate here in a, in a, in a blink of an eye. So, you know, uh, the guy's had a great political career and he can continue to have a political career if he wants to after governor. It's just not going to be his president. But the fact of the matter is, this is the, this is the unfortunate thing is how easy it is, how simple it is to fool people in this country, in this, in this state and this city I live in to simply, you know, and we, we bang our heads against the wall over the last three years of COVID saying, how can people over and over again be lied to and, and continue to take the bait and continue to believe? Well, it, it goes well beyond before COVID, right? They, they've, been, they've been lied to in this city and this state about homelessness over and over again. They keep on electing the same people. They've been lied to about crime over and over again. They keep on electing the same people, right? They do it here. They do it in New York. So wh- why wouldn't they make the same mistake over and over again about COVID? Why wouldn't they believe the same shit over and over again about COVID? Of course they do. Because if it comes out of the mouth of someone like Gavin Newsom, they believe it. No matter how much of a fucking stinking lie it is. No matter how many times you can prove that person's lied. It doesn't matter. Because it's a cult. It's a religion. It's a cult, a religion, a mental illness. So nothing. So facts don't matter. You can't go up to someone who's mentally ill in the street and talk to themselves and say, do you know you're, you're talking to yourself and that's not... That's not good. That's not that's not normal. We should really try doing that. You can't talk to them. They're crazy. Which is why I said they have to be forced into help. So you can't force. Just think it all makes perfect sense. If you think of these people, these liberals, these Democrats, as these homeless people who are talking to themselves and screaming with their pants down, just think of them as that. You know, don't. what is that old saying that if you're giving a public speech, and you're not used to it. Think of everyone wearing their underwear or being naked and put the humiliation on them. And then really, that's exactly what you need to do with these Democrats these days. Just think of them as being like crazy homeless people in the streets yelling at themselves and others. And then everything will make perfect sense. You won't bother with them. You really can't. You really can't bother with them anymore. You can't. I could circulate that video of Newsom in 2008 saying homelessness will be cured by 2018 and it won't matter. They won't matter. It won't matter. It's ju- they justify it in two ways. If they even think about justifying it, if you want to get that far, they say it's a bigger problem than anyone. It's a bigger problem than anyone could have anticipated. And of course, and of course, it's so easy for them. Their default is to say, yeah, the Republicans have prevented it. Republicans, have, Trump made it worse. Sure, it's a local issue. And it is a local issue. Someone said yesterday about this, when I mentioned the homelessness and the, the failure of leadership, someone said, no, no, national, national. Well, not really, because you go to Republican-run cities and it ain't like this, blah, blah, blah. You go to Republican-run cities, big and small, it ain't like this. So it is more of a local issue. It's more of a Democrat liberal issue. Okay. 
you know, people like to say, oh, you got Alabama, Mississippi, you got all those racists. That's the Republican issue, right? But then they always say, when they were talking about racism, especially in the 50s, they were talking about Alabama, Mississippi. Did they say it was a national issue? No, they said it was a local issue. It was these rednecks in these conservative Republican areas, and it was their fault. And it was a failure of their leadership. They didn't say it was a, a national issue, a federal issue. Well, the same goes here. Let's not be hypocrites. The same goes here. This isn't really a federal issue. This is a localized issue, localized mostly to a few blue-run cities. Yes, there's always going to be racism everywhere, right? Even in blue cities. Back in the 50s, there was racism everywhere. There's always going to be homelessness, even in red cities. But where's the major problem? Where is it like an overwhelming problem? It's not an overwhelming problem in Nashville, Tennessee. It's not an overwhelming problem in Phoenix. It's not an overwhelming problem. It's getting worse because Democrats are taking over. Same with Atlanta. It's not an over. Well, it is becoming an overwhelming problem in Atlanta, which is a, a, a far Democrat. Atlanta is as Democratic, if not more so than San Francisco and New York. It's not an overwhelming problem in uh, Salt Lake City. It's not an overwhelming problem in Boise. It's not an overwhelming problem in Sioux Falls. It's not an overwhelming problem in Omaha or Des Moines, Iowa. But it is an overwhelming problem in San Francisco and New York City and Philadelphia and Chicago. And what's the common denominator? I don't think I even have to answer that. So it is very much a local issue, even though those people will very much default to their cults and blame Republicans or their Trump derangement syndrome and blame Trump. That's why people like Gavin Newsom can get away with this because they know they'll never have to take the blame from their voters. Their voters will never make them take the blame. They'll never abandon the cult. They'll never abandon the cult. So you can lie and say, yes, in 10 years, I'm waving a magic wand and homelessness will be over. 80% of the vote for you. Yes, 15 days to flatten the curve will go back to normal. 80% of the vote for you. And of course, when those things turn out to be total lies, crime, we're going to take care of crime. In two years, there'll be no more crime. 80% of the vote for you. And of course, two years later, crime is worse than ever. They know they can keep lying because they'll never, they have... It's a cult. It's a religion. This is the same way that many – hate to pick on the Catholic Church, but I am. The same way many Catholics – it doesn't matter how many kids their priests molest. They're not going to – how many people – think about this. Let's compare this to Democrats lying to their constituents and losing them to Catholic Church losing people from the church because of pedophilia. How many people have really left the Catholic church because of pedophilia? I doubt very many. I doubt very many. Right? And how do they justify it? Well, it's a minority of priests. Yeah, the, 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 the people who hate religion, the people who hate Catholics are making a big deal out of it, right? They want to they they sully the church. So they make excuses for it. They make excuses for it. Do they ever say, if this goes on one more year, if I have one more, I'm leaving? Of course not, because it's religion's a cult. It's a cult, and people can't break from that cult. They're too used to it. They're too comfortable there. It gives them too much comfort, and they can't leave it. And so the same goes for people like uh, – Residents of San Francisco or California, where they'll just, you can lie over and over and over again. 
and it doesn't matter. And so they'll continue lying. They'll continue lying. But I'm going to call them on it. I know you will too. We will all call them on it. There's no doubt about it. We'll all call them on it, no matter what. Even if it doesn't do any good, it doesn't matter. It just feels good to call them on their bullshit. Just like we're calling Biden on his hypocrisy with these classified documents. We know that. So we talked about DeSantis and how many of us hope it's DeSantis. Um, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't run. I, w- I really would be. I'd be shocked, appalled, and depressed, and you may never hear from me again <laughs> if Ron DeSantis decides not to run. I think there's absolutely no chance he's not running. I think there's no chance he's not running. Um, and uh, we're starting to see him talk about things that are more like outside Florida, right? We're, we're seeing him talk about things that are more national, right? Uh, like the World Economic Forum, right? This is this is his comment about, if I can cue this up, I'm going to try to cue this up and see if I can get this loud enough so you guys can hear this. Let's see if you can hear this. This is Ron DeSantis talking about the WEF. I want to have the values not of Davos imposed on us, but of places like Destin and Dunedin, where I grew up. Um, things like the World Economic Forum, uh, those policies are dead on arrival in the state of Florida. Uh, we are not going to go down that road. See, so that's him talking about how the World Economic Forum is dead in the state of Florida. And he's talking about the World Economic Forum, right? And usually, usually a governor is not going to talk about the World Economic Forum, right? Because when you think about the World Economic Forum, you're talking about something, well, it's called the World Economic Forum, right? So you're thinking more of a national federal thing. You're talking about much bigger than a state, right? You're talking about an economic policy, an economic uh, uh, policy, an economic um, uh, way of thinking that goes beyond a state issue. And so here he's talking about the World Economic Forum being dead on the rival in the state of Florida. Now, what is he talking about the World Economic Forum? Like, like, like uh, uh, Klaus Schwab, right? So how many governors, though? Is, is, is Gavin Newsom talking about the World Economic Forum? Is he talking about how World Economic Forum and, and, uh, and Klaus Schwab and people like that have no place? So when he's saying that, Ron DeSantis, when he says they have no place in the state of Florida, what he's saying is as president, they'd have no place in the United States of America. Obviously, right? So once again, we're not we're only talk we're talking about a guy that's on the right side of every issue, but also has the balls to talk about this. The balls to tell Klaus Schwab where to go and the World Economic Forum where to go. You never see that. You never see Biden doing that. I don't know if you'd see any other Republican doing that. Trump might. But you would not see many other Republicans talking that way or, 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 or politicians in general talking about that way. So he's talking about that whole idea, right, of this World Economic Forum, Great Reset, New World Order, not having any place. Those ideas having no place in the state of Florida, which means they'd have no, they'd have no place in the country if you were president of the United States. I think – by talking about things like this and by saying things like that, he is there. The, the majority of people in this country would agree with that, 
right? The majority of the people in this country, when they look at Klaus Schwab, they don't see a good guy, right? I think most people see like a movie villain, a villainous person. And they don't really want his ideology anywhere near this country. Now, a lot of people might be silent. They may not speak about this. They may not want to speak about this. They may be afraid to speak about this. But I think most people, when they see him saying something like this, they say, yeah, I think that's right. I don't, I don't really believe in that either. I don't think that has any place in this country either. And we've seen how those policies have destroyed this country economically. We see that mindset of the Great Reset being lockdowns, the destruction of small businesses. Really, the destruction of small businesses, right? And resetting the economy, resetting the economy for only for the for the for the capital class, for the wealthiest among us to thrive even more. And I think most people would say, if you put it in that very specific, simple terms, destruction of small businesses and the ascension of the wealthy, they'd say, oh, fuck that. That's what it is. And so Ron DeSantis is saying that. This is what makes him a very formidable presidential candidate. It makes him an incredibly formidable presidential candidate. And the Democrats know that. The Democrats know that. Which is why they have to do their little shit like, oh, don't say gay. He's anti-gay. And as I've said a million times, and I'll say it again, the, the, the nightlife, the gay nightlife, the LGBTQAVZDD plus nightlife in Florida is 150,000 times better than California or New York. 150,000 times better than in California or New York. You go to Orlando, you go to South Florida, you go to Miami, you go to Tampa, you go to Fort Lauderdale. The, 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 the gay scene there is so much more open and vibrant than in San Francisco or L.A. or New York City. It's not or Chicago. It's not even close. It's not even close, which shows you what total bullshit artists these liberals are when they talk about how Florida is anti-gay. Okay. Remember Disney in Florida and Disney Disney World is in Florida, right? Remember they had gay Disney, right? Gay Disney, it's a huge event. Millions, millions of people from around the world go there for that. That's in Florida. So this whole idea that Florida is this closeted place, gay, you can't be gay in Florida, you can't say gay, you can't be gay in Florida, is such incredible bullshit. And a lot of these liberals know that because they've gone down there themselves and enjoyed themselves. Okay, just like these liberals like AOC and Gavin Newsom are full of shit. Nancy Pelosi, when they bash Florida and they say how horrible it is under the Satan and they go there anyway for vacation and they buy homes there. Okay, that's how full of shit they are when they went there during the covid lockdowns because Florida was a truly free state, true freedom. DeSantis doesn't have to make it up, doesn't have to try to fool his constituents the way Gavin Newsom does when he says California is the most free state. DeSantis doesn't have to give that speech because the people down there know it's the freest state in the country. They know it's a state of freedom. He doesn't have to lie to them. They know it is the truth. He doesn't have to give a speech saying Florida is the freest state. They know it. They call it the free state of Florida for a reason. So this is what the Democrats need to do to try to sully DeSantis's name. 
I guess with the hopes that most Democrats haven't gone to Florida or the hopes that even if they've gone, they 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 know they have to they know they have to play into the game anyway to defeat DeSantis. This fake, phony, fraudulent game of Florida is closeted and closed and desolate. We know the opposite is true. But you'll see once DeSantis announces he's running, it's going to get even worse. It's going to get even worse. They are going to totally lie and try to sully his character. At the same time, they'll say it's not personal. They'll get personal. The, the liberals love doing that. They love saying, oh, don't get personal. It's not personal. And they, and they get personal. Okay. Everything they do is personal attacks and lowbrow, below the belt shots. And then they say, oh, these Republicans are so horrible. Full of shit. So something else happened. We'll move on from DeSantis. I'm sure we'll be talking about Ron a lot this year. A lot. I have a feeling come. I'm not making any predictions. I'm having a feeling come April, May, we'll be talking a lot more about him. Um, something happened early this morning, yesterday morning now, um, where you see the plane shut down for like six, seven hours. There was some kind of a, the, the, evidently the, the, uh, the system which tells pilots about possible, um, issues they might face along the flight route. It could be a forest fire, right? It could be, uh, an area where they're, you know, they're, uh, you know, the altitude is a certain, it could be anything. It could be birds in the area. It could be all this stuff that pilots need to know possible issues they might face along their flight route that went down. The whole system went down. It just crashed. So there was no way for pilots to know um, what they might encounter, issues they might encounter along their flight path. So everything was grounded for the first time since 9-11. All planes were, the FAA said all planes had to land and no planes could take off. This went on for maybe six, seven hours until they figured it out. And then they finally figured it out like eight or nine Eastern in the morning yesterday. So this is another issue. Now, no one's saying this is Mayor Pete's fault or Southwest Airlines fault, but this is like another issue that's happened under Mayor Pete's guidance as, as transportation secretary, right? Under his rule as transportation secretary. Someone may bring up a very good point. Often do you know the name of the transportation secretary? Well, usually you don't know the name of the transportation secretary because, like, you don't have to. There's no reason to know his name. If you know their name, there must be a problem. And that's why we know the name of the transportation secretary because there have been so many issues while Mayor Pete has been transportation secretary. So now we know his name. We know the name of the person. And that is a problem. That's a huge problem. It's almost like they say in sports, you shouldn't know the name of the umpire, the umpire, the referee, they shouldn't stand out, right? Well, this is the problem here. Mayor Pete is standing out because he's a total incompetent. This is a, a, another typical Democrat thing. It's unique within the Democratic Party, I would have to say. This whole idea of giving people positions because they're black or because they're gay, the identity politics they play. There's no reason why Mayor Pete other than the fact that he's gay or the for now the first gay. So everything you, you know, if you, if you give Mayor Pete any position, he's the first gay, blah, 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 right? So the first gay, openly gay 
transportation secretary. Always say openly because there could have been 35 gay transportation secretaries. The openly gay transportation secretary. And so that's it. And Kamala Harris, the first black woman, Native American, Indian, whatever the fuck she is, vice president, right? The first, they, the Democrats love that. They get off on the first, the first, the first, the first this, the first that, the first this, the first, the first trans, the first gay, the first black, the first. They love that. They love the firsts. They love the firsts. And so he's in this position when he shouldn't be in this position. The man had no reason or right to run for president of the United States as being the mayor of about 10 people in whatever the fuck Indiana he was mayor of. South Bend, Indiana. There's, there's no, there's no, unless you're a real arrogant prick. You don't run for president after being mayor of South Bend, Indiana. There have been mayors of like L.A. and New York that have said, well, we probably shouldn't run because we're just mayors. You know, to go from mayor to president is a very odd leap has never happened. It probably never will. But even mayors of like L.A. and New York have said we probably shouldn't do this. But the mayor of South Bend, Indiana said, yeah, I'm going to go for it, showing what an arrogant person he is. Clueless and arrogant person he is and how it's all about him. So he fooled people for a while because you can fool them. If he ran as a Republican, he would not have been able to run. He would have been wiped out in the first primary. But because he's a Democrat and identity politics and the first, the first, the first, we can have the first gay president. Oh, my God. We can have how many people voted? <laughs> Seriously, how many people voted for Mayor Pete? In Remember, he did pretty well in New Hampshire. I think he tied Bernie. Oh, he had that fake app that helped him win. Uh, how many people voted for Mayor Pete? Simply because they wanted the first gay president. Really? How many people voted for Mayor Pete because they wanted the first gay president as opposed to people who voted for Mayor Pete because they thought he was the most brilliant, qualified, best of the 30 candidates? How many? Off the top of your head, I'd say 10 to 1 they voted for him because he would be the first gay, right? No doubt about it. And so that can only take you so far. It took him to like a tie in New Hampshire, a little bit in Iowa, and that was the, whatever it was, was the end of it. Iowa was the end of him. Once he got down to South Carolina, everyone found out how poorly he treated the black people in, in South Bend and how shitty it was for black people in South Bend and how Mayor Pete was oh so white, and that was the end of it. But the fact of the matter is, then Joe Biden goes and makes him transportation secretary. He's as qualified to be transportation secretary as he was to be President, why is Mayor Pete qualified, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, qualified to be Secretary of Transportation for the United States of America? Why? Well, because he was the first gay. That's why. The only reason why. Sorry, Pete. That's it. And now we're seeing the result. This is the result of identity politics. You get a shit product. Why? Because there are 8,700, 250 people who are more qualified than him. We go down to Kamala Harris, the same thing, right? The first, the first. What did, once again, even in California, she knew she was, that's why she dropped out before California. She knew even in California she was polling. And think about that. Even in woke identity politics, far left liberal California, she knew she'd get maybe 5% of the vote. So it only took her so far for a while. There was a unique thing, right? The first, the first woman president, black woman, black woman, Native American, all these things together. You had like three or four firsts in one shot that made them very excited, a lot of Democrats. And so it lasted for a little while. Then she petered out. And that was the end of her in the presidential uh, race. 
What happens then? I mean, once again, her presidential run was, was not very good. It wasn't very long. It wasn't very effective. She didn't do well in any state. I don't think she won any delegates, did she? Yet Joe Biden says she's going to be the vice president. Why? First, 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 even though there were 8,725 people who were more qualified than her. So what do you get? You get a product where her ratings are even lower than his because everyone knows she's a total disaster. Even Democrats I speak to, they won't say it out loud, but to me they say she's a total numbskull. That's what you get. You get a shit product from woke identity politics. You get a shit product. So that's what we're with. We have a shit product for transportation secretary. We have a shit product for vice president. Even more dangerous, obviously, because she's a one very, very, very weak, very, very, very feeble heartbeat away from being the president. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that disaster? I don't know. I think about it. Um, so this is the problem with these identity politics. And I was seeing it with Pete and how our transportation system is the worst it's ever been. Remember, here's the guy who promised the transportation secretary and the Joe Biden. I'm going to really improve the rail system here. It's gotten worse. In fact, it was almost a, there was almost a, a strike, wasn't there? And we're seeing all these problems with the airlines, right? And and these airline CEOs, they're not afraid of Pete Buttigieg. He says things like, well, we're going to really crack down. We're going to look into this. And they don't care. They laugh. They're laughing in his face, behind his back, in front of his back. They don't care. They're not afraid of fucking Mayor Pete. Right? How about we find someone who they really are afraid of? It ain't him. So... This is the this is the country we're living in now. And this is basically very much a Democrat thing. And so Democrats have done this forever. Right. They have put people, ascended people, put people in major positions of power as high as the vice president of the United States because of identity politics, simply because they are black or gay. So what happens? The Republicans, when they're doing the Speaker of the House thing. uh nominate a black man, right? <laughs> and uh, I think it was Chip Roy who said on the House floor, this is the first time or second time, whatever he said, a first or second time, I think it was a first or a second, that, you know, we have a nomination, uh, the Republicans have a nomination for Speaker of the House of, a, of an African-American. And everyone clapped and, okay, nice little moment. We knew he wasn't going to win. We knew it was going to be McCarthy. But... He had been very outspoken. He had said some great things about the situation. He had voted for McCarthy in the first round. Then he gave up McCarthy. And they said, let's, 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 let's nominate him. Let's talk about him a little bit. It wasn't a serious thing. Just like Matt Gates wasn't a serious thing. Donald Trump wasn't a serious thing. They knew it was going to be McCarthy. This, you know, even this, the more serious Jim Jordan, they knew that wasn't going to happen. Right. But they said, this guy is very smart. He's really outgoing. He has said some smart things. He's been in the middle of this process. Let's put his name in the ring. That's all they did. It was not a big deal. He wasn't going to become Speaker of the House. <clears throat> so what happens is that racists, Joy Reid, Joy Reid, who's the, one of the biggest racists in the legacy media. Joy Reid is the biggest racist in the legacy media. She's horrible. And uh, she said that Byron Donalds, the man who they were going to nominate for speaker, who was nominated for speaker, was a diversity statement. In other words, using him, using identity politics. <laughs> when you talk about hypocrisy, 
The Republicans just scratched the surface with this, with the House Speaker thing. By the way, Byron Donalds, if you listen to him talk, would be a much better Secretary of Transportation or Vice President than Pete Buttigieg and, and Kamala Harris. This is an incredibly smart guy. Okay, this is a guy that obviously got places not based on his race, but his intelligence and his ability to, to speak brilliantly and wisely. Okay, but the Republicans just they nominated him. So if you want to talk, if you want to say it's identity politics, the Republicans simply scratch the surface, the vanguard of what the Democrats, the whole Democratic Party is about. Everything they do, as I've just described to you and explained to you, is identity politics. And Joy Reid has the nerve. To ask him if the, his nomination was a diversity statement or if they were just using him because he was black. <laughs> Do these people have no shame? Do they have no shame? First of all, I don't think that's why it was done. I think it was done because he had become, he was on TV, he had become very prominent in this speaker process. And he's a very smart guy and people like Chip Roy recognize that. And said, how about Byron Donalds? And by the way, Chip Roy said, and I believe very much it was a by the way thing. It wasn't we're doing it because he's black. But by the way, this would be a pretty big deal here. And Joy Reid has the nerve to say the Republicans were doing a diversity statement. Seriously, as though her party doesn't do diversity statements every fucking minute of every fucking hour of every fucking day. A diversity statement in this giving huge positions. Once again, you can argue Byron Donalds is not at the point yet where he should be Speaker of the House. You'd probably be right. But he wasn't going to be Speaker of the House. Just like Jim Jordan, who's more qualified, wasn't going to be Speaker of the House. It was going to be Kevin McCarthy. They all knew that. Eventually, it was going to happen. And it happened. Pete Buttigieg is actually transportation secretary. It's a real thing. Kamala Harris is really a heartbeat away from being president. That's a real thing. And Joy Reid has the nerve to say this was a diversity statement, but Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris, they aren't. You know why? Because Joy Reid thinks they're fucking brilliant. Oh, Pete Buttigieg is so brilliant. He deserves to be transportation secretary. Kamala Harris is a brilliant woman. She deserves to be vice president. In fact, Joy Reid hopes, I'm sure Joy Reid secretly hopes Joe Biden dies so Kamala Harris can be president tomorrow. So those aren't diversity statements. Those are people who are deserving because they're deserving because they're Democrats. But Byron Donalds is a Republican. He's a black Republican. How dare he? What a traitor of his race. What a traitor of his skin color because he's not a Democrat. He's a Republican. How dare a black person be a conservative? This is what this racist witch thinks. This is what she believes, people. She believes this to her soul if she has one. But the utter hypocrisy, the utter hypocrisy of saying the Republicans are making a diversity statement when the Democrats' entire party is one big diversity statement and has been for the last fucking decade plus. And it's not just black anymore with the Democrats. It's not just gay. It's black. It's gay. It's trans. It's LBGQ plus AVZD. It's everything. Everything is a diversity statement to them. So if she believes the Republicans were using an African-American, well, the Democrats use African-Americans, Latinos, gays, trans, bi, lesbian. They use them all as diversity statements. 
How dare she? Once again, why does she get away with it? Because she's on MSNBC, a station that's watched by fucking moron liberals. By shit liberals. That's why she can get away with it. If she worked for a real news outlet, if she worked for a station that was really diverse, not diverse viewership, she couldn't get away with this. She couldn't get away with this crap because the people who watch her show specifically are like, you go, girl, you go, girl. You get the Republicans on their bullshit, girl. They applaud her. They applaud her for this crap. They applaud her for this hypocrisy. Now, Byron Donalds is so smart and so much smarter than Joy Reid. By the way, who the way? By the way, Joy Reid is a is a diversity statement by MSNBC. This is what the left wing. This is what her own her own job. She's got her own job because of a diversity statement. Because she would not have her job if she weren't black. But she has her job because MSNBC and the left wing legacy media loves diversity statements. They love giving positions, just like Democratic politicians do and Democratic voters do, to people who are not qualified simply because they're white, they're black, or they're Latino or they're gay. She's there because of a diversity statement. So this is a woman whose whole party is about diversity statements, whose own job that she has, which pays millions, don't throw up a year, is because of a diversity statement, has the nerve to say this guy was simply nominated for a job he wasn't going to get anyway was a diversity statement by those awful, awful Republicans. (laughs) But he's smarter than her. That's not even close. And so he made her look like shit. And so she cut the interview off early. Because face to face, he humiliated her, pointed out her bullshit the way I have, but in a much nicer way, of course. And she cut the interview off early because she couldn't deal with that. This is why you won't see Republicans on MSNBC, because they can't deal with the pushback. They can't deal with people more intelligent than them calling them on their bullshit, which is why... It's very rare you will see someone of the Republican Party on MSNBC or even CNN, but especially MSNBC. If if you notice (laughs) CNN and MSNBC, if they have, especially MSNBC, if they have a like conservative in quotes or Republican in quotes on a panel, it's usually the most moronic asshole they could find just to make Republicans look bad. But when you have someone smart like Byron Donalds on, it makes them look bad and they have to cut the interview off. This is Byron Donald's wife. Byron Donald's right wife even tweeted, Joy Reid wouldn't allow my husband to speak because he kept making her look foolish. He brought facts and receipts, or all she had were empty Democratic talking points. Sounds like his wife is a lot smarter than Kamala Harris or Joy Reid combined because she's 100% right. Erica Donald's, by the way, is her name. But that kind of stupid racism sells on MSNBC. It sells. People watch it for that. They get off on watching that. They, they like they like this. They like the racism. They like everything to be about race. They love it. They love everything to be about what everything. Everything's about race, right? You remember even uh, Rittenhouse, right? It was about race. He shot four white guys, but three white guys, all about race. They made it about race. They made it about race so much that those dumb assholes that watch MSNBC thought Kyle had shot three black people. 
if you talk to most Dem, just like the asshole Democrats thought that half the people who got COVID ended up in hospitals. Remember that poll that that Bill Maher had that showed half of Democrats thought that people that the, no, it was, a, it was a huge number of Democrats thought that half the people, the majority of Democrats thought half the people who got COVID went to the hospital, ended up in hospital beds. This is how dumb these people are. They actually believe this stuff. You see, they actually believe it all. They believe everything Joy Reid says. They believed that Kyle Rittenhouse shot three black people simply because of the co- the coverage they saw on MSNBC, which made it into a racial thing. They, some of them were shocked. I know some of them. They were shocked when they saw the actual video footage and saw it was three white guys. They were shocked. They said, wait a minute. We thought he shot three black guys. Why? Because MSNBC made it all about race. He was a racist. He's a white nationalist racist Trumper. Everyone is. I am. We all are. Hey, let's all get up. Let's all stand up and say, well, remember that, that show, To Tell the Truth, you stand up and you say, hi, my name, you, there was three people and they, the real person had to stand up. They all pretended to be one. And this, we should all stand up and say, hello, we're all racist. We're all white supremacist. I stand up. I tell the truth. I'm a racist, Trumper, white supremacist. We all are. That's the tag they put on all of us. So we might as well embrace it. From now on, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to talk about it more. I'm going to embrace it. But they can lie. Joy Reid can lie. Gavin Newsom can lie. London Breed can lie. Eric Adams can lie. They can lie. They can lie. Joe Biden can lie. They can continue to lie. Because they are lying to a cult and they can do no wrong. God forbid Byron Donalds had all the facts he brought to that interview. God forbid that all those facts that he brought to that interview would change the mind of one person who was watching MSNBC and woke them out of their cult coma, deprogram them. You know, you hope facts can deprogram people. But they wouldn't take that chance. They had to cut the interview off. They didn't want to take the, the off chance. It probably wouldn't happen. Yeah. The off chance that his facts would deprogram one cult member, one liberal Democratic Party cult member watching Joy Reid. So she cut him off. One guy I'll never cut off. How are you, Bill? Hey, Mike, can you hear me okay? Absolutely. Thanks for calling. Oh, I slept through your other excellent show. I listened to it on, uh, you know, call in in the library and i know it's off topic so but you did mention the vaccines again go today. ahead talk, talk whatever you want i've been talking a lot whatever you want to talk about well oh boy uh it, it's it's painful to see the mainstream media um boondoggle at the basically just um lie you're talking about lies for a big pharma for the agenda that's even pushed through the world health organization when we know we know for example brooke brooke jackson right you're familiar with the brooke jackson uh report through the british medical journal yeah, and yes. also uh, yes yes robert barnes who's representing her uh that of uh, civil rights attorney Robert Barnes, who's uh, also a constitutionalist, and 
um, listening to him on Viva Free, V-I-V-A-F-R-E-I, his platform there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. The guy mm-hmm. out of Canada platforms him yes. once a week. And so it's all about the law and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, well, he's like, the judge did allow, you know, discovery. <laughs> so we'll see. At least we got that much. You know what I mean? In other words, the, whew, Wow, we're actually going to allow <laughs> depositions, you know, yeah, and discovery. Right. right. <clears throat> like that's, I'd be grateful for that in this, you know, that's just a normal part of due process of your, of your rights in court, you know, but we, we see that even something like that, um, buried and, uh, can be, you know, in our court system, you know, where, uh, you're not allowed that at times. Go straight to summary judgment where the judge decides, that anything you're presenting uh, is an actual uh, uh, factual enough to uh, make your own case. You know what I mean? It happens called summary judgment, you know? Right. Right. And um, the the due process is, is, uh, so what's happening here is, well, look at Sotomayor. Remember Sotomayor when they were at the (laughs) U S Supreme court was, <laughs> debating the vaccine mandates, whether or not they were legal. Oh yeah, right. She thought that all these kids were dead, right? I unbelievable. Yeah, I, you know, there's, there's another great example of a dumb, ignorant liberal. And this, but she's a Supreme Court justice, Bill. I know. Believing what she's hearing on on CNN, MSNBC, and totally misinterpreting the facts and what's going on, and I believing know. that what did she say? A hundred thousand kids died or something? It was some weird. It was some exactly. crazy I don't remember the exact numbers. I'd have to look, but I do. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yes. Oh, she said something like a hundred thousand kids are on ventilators right now. Something. Yeah. Like some that. A, yeah. a preposterous <laughs> claim that not, we're her advisors who federalized on a bullshit. In other words, she's got a whole team of advice, you know, of, of staffers. Right. So if, uh, right. So if the Supreme, they probably believed it because they're liberals too. So they probably believed exactly what Crazy. she believed. So think about that. If, if the Supreme Court justice believed that, think about how many regular average Democrat citizens believe that. Yes, uh, this is the problem. Um, it, it's the, like, remember, like we talked about Dylan Radigan, right, when he was uh, 2011, I think it was, MSNBC, where he had his rant on getting money out of politics. Was it? I'm, I'm trying to remember the year, but – and. Um, you, you recall that? Did, did we talk about Dylan at one point, you and I? I think we I think may we have. did at one point. I remember you mentioning. Yeah, I believe do, we did. Do you remember this fella who yeah. uh, had a business show and he went out? He went off. Oh, Radigan, yes. Radigan, I'm sorry. Did I say Radigan. you misspell it and this misstated? Yeah, Rad- yeah. Radigan. R-A-T-T-I-G-A-N, I believe. It okay, I said Radinger or something like that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Rat- Rattinger was, was the pope that died. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, there's a Freudian slip for you. You don't, you don't think about it. Rat- you don't pope. think about the Pope as Rattinger, but that was his name, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. That was that was Pope Benedict's real name, Rattinger, right. his family right. name. Yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. So, okay, we got Rat again. Okay, yeah. So you know, you you know where I would go with this, right? With Dylan and uh, sure, that got him put out to the straw fields, right? Out to the cornfields. You know what I mean? I should say, you know. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Hey, Bill, uh, another yes, issue sir. I want to actually I want to ask you a question. Are you getting rid of your gas stove? Do you have a gas stove? 
Uh, no, I I actually live in one room. Uh, I rent one room, and uh, uh, I don't have a stove. But what's the uh, going on with gas stoves? What, what's well, they want to they get rid of old gas stoves. They want to get rid of Oh, because of propane. Or well, no, no, liquid, no, no, liquid. no, 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 no. It's a new thing. They think gas stoves cause like um, breathing issues. They, it causes a, uh, it causes problems in children with allergies. And of course, it's all bullshit. There's no real science behind it. But what does science matter with the left anymore? What's the, what's, but this, by the way, this is coming from the left. No one on the right has said they can get rid of gas stoves. But this whole, this is a new, a new thing now where it's like the real data, all the real data shows with gas stoves. You know, like above my stove, and mine's electric, but above most stoves, there's something called a a, a vent, vent, right? You press it. You have a fan you could turn on. Yeah, that's all you need is the fan. That's all you need. That's all the real science says. All you need is the fan, some kind of Mm -hmm. way to circulate the air, and it's fine. That ventilation is the issue. You don't, obviously, you don't want to use gas in like a closed room with no windows and nothing. Okay, fine. That's common. Once again, uncommon sense, right? But now they want to get rid of all gas. This is their new thing. Just like they want all electric cars, now they want all electric stoves. Oh. When when sixty five, I believe it's sixty five to seventy percent of the country has gas stoves. Sixty five. So how about all these people who like you know it didn't matter. It doesn't matter to the liberal elites that most people can't afford a seventy thousand dollar electric car. It doesn't matter to the liberal elites that it will overwhelm our, our electric grids. Already electric grids like in California can't deal with a three day heat wave in the summer. Right, right. And so they don't they don't care that most of these people can't afford to get rid of their gas stoves and put in electric stoves, which tend to be more expensive to to install. And yeah. uh, they don't care about that because they don't gotta worry about it. And so what happened today? Someone on Twitter put a photo up of Elizabeth Warren <laughs> cooking on a gas stove. The, uh, the usual ruse for thee, not for me. The same thing we saw during COVID, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, the other thing to think about is heating elements. Those draw the most power of all electrical draws. A heating element. Do you follow me? Well, that takes a lot of wattage. And uh, look, I, I'm not a chef. I don't cook, but I do know from people who do like to cook. Almost everyone they interviewed who cooks said they much prefer a gas stove. And I, and I understand that. My grandmother used to talk to me about this. You could see the flame, right? You could see how uh-huh. high it is. Where electric, you can't see anything. So uh-huh. you can judge from the flame. You can lower the flame and see it. You can raise the flame and see it. And people who cook like gas stoves, especially people, older people who are used to it. They don't want electric stoves. And they say gas stoves cook better. You know, so it's like, first of all, it's not going to happen, you know. Uh, but just the fact that they bring this up. Just the fact that they start talking about this. And actually, I think it's Kathy Hochul. You know, she's a total idiot. I think she did some kind of a law. Once again, a dictate from dictator, from the authoritarian governor of New York, that uh, beginning in 2025 or 2026, any new buildings being built uh, have to be built with electric stoves, not gas stoves. So, That's insane. Well, it's the same thing. This is exact. This is it. This is what the Democrats want. They want the government, once again, telling you how to live, what you can and can't do. Their way is the way. The authoritarian dictator fascist way is the way. And if you don't do it our way, you'll be fined or jailed or whatever else may happen to you. Hey, Mike, I had a question. Go ahead. It occurred to me when you first mentioned that, that, you know, they were saying that this causes breathing problems for kids. The first thing I thought about is, and I may be off here, but. It could that be one way they're going to try and cover up and excuse the vaccine adverse events and side effects when kids develop, develop breathing? 
Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I don't think they need that. They're already excusing all this, right? I mean, yeah. Bill, Bill, I'm seeing – this is ridiculous now. I'm uh-huh. seeing young people, stories of young people dying unexpectedly every day now. Yeah. One after the other. One after the other. This uh-huh. person died unexpectedly. This 30-year-old died – 18-year-old yeah. died unexpectedly. And it's always the same story. It's uh, The family has not given details around this death. You know, it's always the right, same shit. Right. You know, so – Usually when it says the family's not giving details, it usually means they have no fucking clue what happened. It just came out of nowhere. You know, so it's like the, the, I'm seeing it over and over again now. These coincidences of young people, these athletic people in their teens, 20s, 30s, just dying, dropping dead or dying uh-huh. in their sleep. And people just, oh, it's normal. It's normal. It's a cycle. It's a normal cycle. <laughs> it's a normal cycle. Nothing to see here. Another death by coincidence. Another death of coincidence. It's incredible. Well, you mentioned um, it's so glaring. You're right. And, of course, the medical profession is intentionally denying that there's a vaccine connection. And so there's no autopsies being done. Um, Apparently, it's the morticians who are finding these blood clots. Remember, you've seen reports about that, right? Well, yeah, and there's no and there's no. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think there's any, in other words, you can excuse it as anything. You don't have to, there's no way to like prove as far Mm -hmm. as I'm, as far as I know, there's no way to prove the jab caused it. In other words, someone's 25 and they die of a, of a blood clot or an aneurysm. They say it's a blood clot aneurysm. They don't, they don't say it was, you know, they don't say what caused it. They just say, this is the person died of, they die of an aneurysm. They died of a blood clot that went to their brain or lung or whatever it may be. And that's it. And nothing else is said about it. So there's no way it's, it's it's almost like debil it's almost like the perfect crime there's there's no way to prove yeah. there's no way to actually connect it to the vaccine. The only thing you can say is okay excess deaths that have nothing to do with covid related right. have gone up since the vaccine so mm. excess deaths over the last year year and a half have gone up since the vaccines so that's like what mm-hmm. circumstantial evidence basically right. So we have we have well, plenty of circumstantial evidence, but there's no there's no autopsy that will say there's no medical examiner that will put vaccine death. I think there's some pathologists like Dr. Ryan Cole who have made the connection, and I'd have to go back and study. Have you heard of Dr. Ryan Cole? He's been talking about the what he's seen as a pathologist um, in his practice uh, early on, within a couple months of this. Uh, you know, COVID, uh, uh, well, I don't know if I can say the word pandemic on your show. I guess I will. Um, of course you can. Do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the vaccines and such. So, um, you know, I want to say that I'm, uh, there must have been some people who had cytokine storms. I'm not saying that didn't happen where they had difficulty breathing a certain small percentage of the populace when you look at overall. But of course, they know how to treat that with, I'm sure Daniel will echo with um, corticosteroids and antihistamines. I mean, that, that's what Dr. Peter McCullough, you know, the good doctors with American Frontline, Dr. Um, Simone Gold, who got arrested January 6th, just in her lab coat, talking with a microphone, trespassing, first arrest, I saw ended that. up in I prison. That. Remember that? I saw that. Big insurrectionist. Boy, she was a threat there, huh? Talking about her, but the, the but these vaccine of... deaths, it's almost like it's like it's almost like a I related to a, like a, an untraceable poison, 
right? The perfect poison. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so, it, but the, old, the only yeah. thing that's going to have to happen is that's to be a groundswell of people saying, wait a minute, these, these numbers are going crazy now. These unexplained deaths, the, the excess mortality is going crazy since 2021. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's follow the obvious path here. Let's look at the, you know, because like I say, there's been, there'll be no, as far as I know, there's never going to be, never has been, never will be a, a medical examiner that writes vaccine induced death. It's not going to happen. No, but I, I think that's right. I think there's some of the doctors who've done autopsies when the family had to actually pay for it. You know, it wasn't something that the state was regularly doing. They would just go with the, like you said, the standard claim that I, I think they found some like traces of um, cell damage in the heart, in the myocarditis, pericarditis, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, um, but of course they want to blame it on COVID. Do you see what I mean? The, the, the mainstream, not but the yeah, vaccine. Yeah, but there's plenty of, there is definitely scientific evidence and you follow the scientific papers and even the VARES and Peter McCullough, other colleagues, oh. there is scientific evidence that links the vaccine to side effects. Such oh, yes. as, just as myocarditis and blood clots. Yes. But, but there's no, once again, there's, there's no, you're not going to find any kind of an autopsy or death certificate that has vaccine <laughs> as, the, as the cause of death. It's not gonna, you're not going to see that. First of all, there's, there's no medical examiner mm-hmm. if they believed it that has the balls to put that down. So, mm-hmm. Oh, I hear you. Just like doctors, they're afraid to lose their jobs to speak out and tell the truth. It's the same thing. It's exactly right. They we're yeah. living this medical tyranny we're living in now that's horrific. I mean, it's like, isn't it like something? I remember I used to watch The Twilight Zone when I was little. Remember Rod Sterling? Loved it. Yeah. My favorite show. I wish he was still alive. Imagine the shows he can do now. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Jesus. The shows he would have made during COVID. I can just, just imagine. I can yeah. just imagine. You know, yeah, truth is stranger than fiction. It's as if, you know, yeah, yeah, it, we're living it now. It's, it's every time, you know, there's another fellow who's on air like you, Kevin with Black Bear, and he, he, I, and you, and Daniel, you know, same belief system. Let's mm-hmm. put it this way. <laughs> and some fella, I hope you don't mind me talking about another show. I only do it because That's it okay. validates right. your yeah. theme. Do you follow me? Not a good guy on air like you talking the truth, you know, and uh, he has a YouTube. He goes over to Rockfin when he wants to tell an ant call in. Do you find but he's got to get off YouTube to tell what he wants to say about the job, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this, right? And so we're going and, and he and I uh, back and forth over a period of time like you and I. Anyway, some fella, a couple of fellows in the live chat are quoting mainstream media narratives and reports. And uh, I get so upset. I got in there, I call in and I started quoting some of the hard evidence like Dr. Peter McCullough, let's see, over 1600 adverse events, um, heart related for young athletes of that 1100 of those heart ailments led to death. And, and that's all within the last year and a half. Do you follow me? Whereas, the normal rate is 29, like you said. Remember you cited that report tw- a year, you know? Right. We're up, I mean, it's it's not just double or triple. You know, I have to do the math with the percentage increases. But it's astronomical, right. you know? And uh, 
and you know, signing some of the other evidence. And, and this fellow gets on. He's one of the guys in the live chat. He says, "Well, I'm a nurse." And he starts giving us all the mainstream media talking points. Of course, I wasn't on the call anymore, you know. And I'm, I'm, this guy really believed it. He goes, you know, I've never heard of those doctors you know, the caller talked about. Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Small Gold, Dr. Pierre Corey. You know what I mean? Because I don't know anything about them. I'm like, holy shit, the, the nurses are so – that's the point. The reason I brought it up is – this guy's a nurse. I had another guy call in when I, I do a small call in, you know, on my own. I had a guy call in who was a, a nurse and he was refuting what I was saying. The nurses believe that they're working in the hospitals. I'm like, listen, listen, listen. It's not to take away from your efforts. He goes, at one point we were wearing, the fellow who had called into mine, at one time we were wearing plastic bags. We didn't know what was happening. I go, listen, this is not about attacking your efforts as a nurse. Do you follow me? And, and, you know? I, I had a, I had a, I had a friend who was a nurse. Actually, okay, it's one, it's one of my former Bernie Crap progressive friends who dumped me uh, oh. because of my, <clears throat> you know, uh, my, uh, uh, my, 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 the truth I would tell about COVID. Mm -hmm. this is, once again, this guy is a nurse in Portland, Oregon, and he mm. believed every single word. And most of the people he yes. worked with believed every single word that came from the government that came from Joe Biden and Tony Fauci. Every word, every word that came from the CDC was like a word from God, was like the word of God to them. And that was it. That, there was no arguing with these people, Bill. That was it. This is scary because they're the ones, given the remdesivir that has a one-third renal failure rate and got kicked off the Ebola, is such a deadly virus that, but no, but the remdesivir was more deadly. Do you follow me? If you're on remdesivir oh, and the uh, Ebola. Yeah, and I, I know nurses it's... who, I know nurses who would, and you see it on TV, on commercials. I know nurses who brag about how many people they jabbed. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it, it was like, you know, they, they loved it. They're like, oh, I jabbed 3,000 people. I'm a hero. Totally yeah. believing they're helping people, yeah. Uh, without, without a doubt. With, with zero doubt. Did you see the commercial? There's a commercial now from that other. It's really amazing. To me. There's nothing that disgusts me more than people with so much fucking money. I mean, they roll around in money, and yet mm -hmm. they hoard themselves to things like Big Pharma, like um, – I just lost her name now. Martha Stewart. Have you seen the Martha Stewart commercial? No. Martha Stewart is now doing a whoring for Big Pharma. She's now oh doing a new God. commercial. Now, new commercial, not from two years ago. New commercial now, where no. she talks about getting, you know, she, she, I got the, I got the jab. I got the new jab, which, which prevent, uh, and, and, and lie after lie about it, which is, oh, it's a new jab. It's got a new formula. It prevents the new Omicron thing. It's, it'll, it'll prevent you from getting COVID. It'll prevent you from getting the new variant. All this bullshit. No, they're still I'm, saying that. Wow. Yeah, but I'm thinking here's, here is Martha Stewart, who's got more money than God. Mm. Uh, and, and she's, and she's being a fucking whore for big pharma. I mean, how, how yeah. disgusting is that? That's insane. I, I had that that they could still be pushing a vaccine for any variant of not that we know. Listen to Bill Gates' 2022 World Economic Forum. What he said, right? Do you recall what he said in the WEF this past WEF? Bill Gates, how? Well, you know, I'm paraphrasing the best I can remember. Well, you know, COVID, we really didn't understand it. Turns out it's mostly a disease uh, for the elderly. You oh, know. No, no shit, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, and not much different than the flu. A little different, like less deadly for children yeah, than the flu. Yeah, less deadly. That, that's the difference. It's less deadly. Yeah, he didn't mention that, of course, you know. And so, yeah, yeah, mostly um, people who are elderly with comorbidities, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. 
the, the average, supposedly the average person who died of COVID had 2.6 comorbidities. I mean, you know, numerically, you can't have 2.6, but you know, the way the numbers supposedly play out. Yeah, between two, between two and three, between two and three. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, that for that reason, vaccine passports and mass mandates really don't make much sense. He literally, the biggest contributor to the World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, right? The private, I mean, biggest contributor, is saying this in the 2022 WEF, and still the the media ignored that. Like, oh no, that's irrelevant. He's not a scientist. Well, while we're on the, I'll promote tomorrow's show while we're on this subject. Peter McCullough, by the way, uh, just from Becker News, Ben Becker's News. Uh, uh, it's the American Heart Association study shows link between COVID vaccines and heart inflammation. Shows value of detailed lab evaluation, thousands of Americans with myocarditis, as reported by VAERS. So we'll talk about that. And also another story that came out uh, yesterday, FDA, this is, this is a huge one. This was actually on CNN, believe it or not. You know, when it goes on CNN, you know, they, they can't hide it anymore. <laughs> F, it was like, it's like when they finally started talking about the Hunter Biden story. They couldn't hide it anymore. FDA vaccine advisors, disappointed and angry. That early data about new COVID-19 booster shot wasn't presented for review last year. And this is all about basically how they didn't have to – basically, they didn't have to go through the, 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 the usual things they go through when they approve these things for whatever use it may be, emergency or not. They didn't have to go through. They just skirted everything. You know, the normal, the normal channels no longer existed when it comes to COVID and COVID vaccines. So this is now where the FDA adv- vaccine advisors are finally coming out and CNN's writing about how all the information regarding efficacy and such were hidden. All this stuff that they should have known, they should have known before saying, before coming out and saying that, you know, everyone five, six months old plus can get this or should get this. They didn't allow them to have that information, which I think is incredibly criminal. I'll read that article tomorrow as well. So, Look, Bill, drip, 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 drip. It's all coming out, is it not? And we were called, how many of us were called, uh, you know, conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers for even even hinting at this two years ago? Well, I, a couple of quick things that come to mind. You have to help me remember that didn't we have several people resign in protests regarding those um authorizations for vaccines even for children under 17 or 18 remember there was a step process where there were certain who were they with were they with the cdc or something when they were having hearings you had a couple resigning protests it wasn't the fda mike do you remember Uh, i think it was the i think it was i oh that's a good question was it the fda or the cdc it was one or the other it was one or the other you're right yeah FDA. I don't know if it was FDA resignations or CDC resignations. You know what I remember. You know, we, yeah, yeah, we know. Uh, we're, two we're, top we're, FDA officials resigned over the Biden administration's booster mm, Yeah, that's what it was. It was, mm, F, it was the FDA. There you go. Yeah. yeah that's go. not a signal. We don't. We're not, we're, you know, we, we don't have anybody who's trying to s- signal. Hey, look at look at over here, and they still covered that up. Yeah, this is you from know? September. This is from September of twenty twenty one. That's two right. Top F- yeah, two mm-hmm. FDA officials resigned over the Biden administration's booster shot plan, saying mm-hmm. it insisted on the policy before the agency approved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing more and more of that now. We're seeing more. I think people are being a little more, uh, what do you call it, emboldened now to come out and talk about these things. You know, and you know what? A big part of the people being emboldened to talk about mm-hmm. these things now 
is in no small part the fact that you can do that on Twitter now. Oh, do that on Twitter. I see. Yep. Yep. Because you couldn't, Twitter, do that. Yeah. you couldn't do that two months ago, three months ago. Now you can do that. So people are just becoming more emboldened to actually tell the truth, I think. Oh, boy. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's, that's a big part of it. But this is going to be every, every day. Well, every day now, I think we're going to hear more about this. Yes, and I want to mention Proving that what the we, doctor. What saying two years ago was, of course, true. Right, right. There's a Dr. Bregan who did an interview with Children Health Defense Fund. You know Bobby Kennedy's. Yes. Um, yes. Kennedy. Yeah. And it's actually it's on um, it's on their site, Children Health Defense Fund, um, actually of Canada. Nice, a very well-spoken woman did the interview on Dr. Bregan. And it's all about weaponizing psychiatry, how they're taking these good doctors who are standing up in Canada against this, these things and having them go to medical reviews, you know, psych reviews, and basically saying they're, you know, lunatics, crazy, and forcing them into psych wards and on medication. I mean, it's absolutely nuts. What, what Australia passed a, a law. I have to go back and review when. Um, kind of like they did in California, but more restrictive. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where doctors yeah. can lose their license or be under right. review. Right. I mean, this, this, it's gotten to the point where, you know, and the doctors are, oh, uh, there's a dirty dozen. I'd have to look it up of doctors who've been telling the truth all along that are portrayed as a mainstream media. They have this group they call the dirty dozen. And I, I, I don't remember all the doctors on it, but something to consider doing. I'll do a little research and DM it to you on the dirty dozen where these good doctors been telling the truth all along. And they totally smeared these people. You know what I mean? Actually, have you heard of the dirty dozen doctors supposedly? Yes. That, yes. Yeah. You know what I'm well, talking about? I, I saw last night at the speech I went to with Jennifer mm -hmm. say where she was speaking. There was also a woman who was part of that children's defense fund. That's the, oh, that's right. The, that's the Robert mm -hmm. Kennedy thing. And she talked about, the children defend. They, she talked about lawsuits that they have going, that mm. they are filing lawsuits, and they need money. They need people to contribute because right. it's very expensive. But they are indeed, they are indeed suing on a lot of different uh, on a lot of different um, issues dealing with with COVID. Yeah. So have you heard of? There's another fellow like that, David Martin. He's a research analyst, right. and um, yes, yes. He's been on point all along. He even talks about he has receipts, you know, through his research on patents that go back several years that the spike protein that was discovered, supposedly that called COVID, that one of the big pharma companies had a patent on it. As, 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 if I'm trying to remember the year now, so don't quote me, but going back a couple of years and the, so that the actual patent on this spike protein head was exactly the same as the one in COVID several years before COVID. So that would have to be what now? Jesus, we're three years into COVID. It's like a blur. I can't imagine. So this would have to go back five years. Do you follow me? Yeah, yeah we're actually, we're actually, to make it seem even worse, we're actually technically in the fifth calendar year of COVID, oh right? 2019. So yeah, 2019. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. By the way, Peter McCullough was on uh, Laura Ingram. And uh, and talking about the disturbing trend of young people dying tragically, uh, and after various causes are ruled out, we're left with COVID nineteen vaccines myocarditis mm -hmm. until proven right. otherwise, and vaccine status and autopsies are mandatory. But I would mm -hmm. once again, I would um, I would appeal to Dr. McCullough that these 
maybe the autopsies need to be overseen by another person. Or, yes, or, or, for or, sure. Because a lot of these, most of these, uh, you know, medical examiners won't won't put vaccine as right. the cause of death. They won't put vaccine mm-hmm. into death. They're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So what good are the autopsies? The autopsies are being done on many of them, but they're not putting vaccine death. They're putting death because uh, of blood clot or aneurysm. That's all. That's it. That's a state autopsy. Yeah, that, or, or yeah. inflamed heart. Inflamed heart. That's it. Right. All they had to do, the medical examiners, put the cause of death was the heart, mm-hmm. the inflamed heart. That would cause right. that cause the death or the blood clot. They don't have to. They're not going to put vaccine. They're not going to do it. No. So who's going to oversee these autopsies? That's mm. that's the question. Or who's going to do a second autopsy? Right. Well, I think it, it can come down to statistics, though. In other words, what I'm saying is, we see all these autopsies. They start adding up. The numbers are so out of range, and it wasn't happening 20 to 21. It only started happening 21 forward once the vaccine was rolled out. So due to studying the statistics, they can make a case. Do you follow me? That's the only way they can. we can make it, isn't it so? I mean, because people can claim, well, the, the, the COVID causes those same symptoms, you know, I mean, those same anomalies or in, and, and, but not to those n- numbers. I mean, I, I, this is, like you said, the perfect crime. I, this is what Dr. David Martin was talking about. Um, the, 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 we've just segueing back to that for a moment. He was talking about the, um, patents and, um, he says the statistical, statistical chance that the patent on the spike protein, you know, that the, that particular spike protein that they had patented, and I have to go back and look at it and I'll put in your DM so, you know, I could find it. But the point is that, that that would actually occur randomly in nature is so extreme. Do you see what I'm saying? That that could have actually occurred then randomly in nature. Right. Is, is so the chances of that are so minimal that he, he's, he makes a strong case, um, that the, the, this, uh, spike protein had been lab created several years before, um, we were told this all happened. Do you follow me? Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. They, that's Dr. David Martin. He's got a lawsuit in Utah that his group, um, uh, are involved in. And in fact, um, he, puts up um, um, like affidavits and documents um, that you could then as an individual use in your own lawsuits. I mean, he's very open about how they, how they develop this and what the documents are. Right. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. that if someone has a lawyer and they want to bring a vaccine injury case or a claim against their governor for the actions of the governor in their state and uh no, they laid out pretty clearly. Now, I, I, I don't know if one would find that searching Google. I use a different browser called Yandex, Y-A-N as in Nancy, D as in David E-X. Why? Because I got frustrated with things I used to find on YouTube and Google that have been removed. Do you yes. follow me? Exactly. But they're still on Yandex. Amazing. It's true. I know. Bill, let me let you go. I'm going to wrap up the show. Oh, thank yeah, you. thank you, Mike. Thank you for the call, as always, okay? Thank yeah. you for the call. Sorry. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, so tomorrow we'll talk more about about the, uh, you know, McCullough's uh, discoveries around myocarditis and such. And also the CNN article about the uh, very important, I think, about these vaccine advisors who are now coming out finally and talking about how these things were just really just once again, Operation Warp Speed. They're all and that's been the that's been the case now with all these boosters, right? Operation Warp Speed. Forget about the usual channels. Forget about all these you know, dot, I's have to be dots and T's have to be crossed 
in order to approve this stuff, they just bypass all of that now in the name of what? An emergency that is no longer, never really was an emergency. Just to get as many of these things sold as possible. Just striking, continuing to strike while the iron is hot and making as much money as possible. Damn the consequences, damn the side effects, be it as something uh, as a temporary myocarditis uh, or to death. Damn, who cares? They don't care, right? They just care about the money. So we'll talk more about that. All right. Uh, thanks, for Bill, for calling. Uh, this show is called and Let's Be Heard. And it airs Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, uh, five nights a week, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. I'm Micah Chopley, once again reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.